When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrow from Monty and the Farrow, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. Pro Wrestling Broadcast, Monty Nefaro, produced out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ron Konkama, Long Island. We've got the bullpen in session. Abe is at the board, filling in for Jared today. So thank you, Abe, for taking the time out and uh, helping us out here because we got a wonderful guest here today, very excited for. But before that, uh, Faro, CB, uh, CBS, ABC, CNN are sounding the alarm. Coronavirus is back, but it's coming back with a vengeance. BA.5 is the name of this variant. And they're telling you, you better mask up and take some more vaccines. What are you thinking? I've already nailed my window shut. Didn't you hear me slamming them, shuttering them closed? And you're done. I'm done. I'm not leaving that. Wait a minute. I'm outside right now. i got to go. Fauci was, uh, Fauci was on the news saying that, uh, unfortunately, the uh, vaccine Fauci. seems... 
Yeah. He's you back. Know, you remember Fauci? Yeah, sure. Fauci returns. The vaccine that was so necessarily needed was not necessarily working. Oh, well, I don't necessarily believe anything he says. How about that? And if anything's not more upside down, mm-hmm. now they're posting McDonald's is hiring at $21 an hour. What do you think of that? Uh, this is the Pharaoh. Pull up to the Red Square. Your number two combo's not ready. <laughs> can you imagine working at McDonald's making tw- not the $21 I can imagine an hour it. is a lot of money, but it's... You know, Are you kidding? Compared over time, to, you can com- turn it. Compared to some places, it's not so bad. It is what it is. Do you ever think you'd be in a place where you have to wear a mask and a hamburger guy is gets $21 an hour? I would bitch on the internet, but I don't even have a television set, so I'm just going to keep my shit to myself. What are you going to do? This anyway. is a bizarre world we live in, my friend. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but it happened. It's more bizarre. It, yeah, it sure is. Oh, by the way, is, uh, how's uh, Sleepy Joe doing? Is he awake lately? I have no idea. Because I heard that he's not even awake anymore when he speaks. I want to know Very from our guest after commercial break Very what he thinks about Sleepy Joe. Oh. Maybe he could be a fan of Sleepy Joe. He might be. And, you know, I and he's a big guy, too, so I don't know if you really want to argue is, with him. We might have to be yeah, pro I'm not arguing with this guy. So you'll be pro You're going to... I'm pro- You're going to break your morals and you'll be pro-Biden. No. Just because no, you're No, I afraid. won't do that, but I'll be as polite as can be to our guest because I'm a complete mark and a loser. Anyway, now that we've bro- broken that one down. Well, okay. if anyone didn't know who this loser was, that is Jimmy Farrow. He is a no, no, Wait a minute. You didn't tell you to enhance this, you prick. Anyway, how you doing, folks? Loser here, Mark. And we want to thank things. the band that sings the theme song for Monty the Farrow and Jimmy Farrow, along oh, with his partner, sweet. Bart Griggs. Make yeah. up the band with Stereo Hall. With Stereo Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams. This life not far behind, and here comes a rain. Yeah, you can find their music. That's right. Got to throw in Eddie Kramer. You, you got to throw him in. Listen, the not, producer from Led Zeppelin worked with us. I've got to throw see, him you, in. See, you have to tell people what he yeah. did. What? Because no one knows anymore. He, very, well, no one knows anymore? No. About Eddie? I don't have to ask, you, ask your guest. Let's just ask him. You know who Eddie Kramer is there, EC3? I don't know there you, you do go. Do you know who Led Zeppelin is? I do know. Do you know who the Beatles are? I do, know do you know who the Rolling Stones are? I'm aware, yes. Do you know who Jimi Hendrix is? I am, yeah. You, he's aware of Eddie Kramer. He no, just doesn't not. realize it. He's aware well, of that's the, the guy people who that Eddie Kramer, Kramer built, but that's what I'm trying yeah. to show yeah. right here. Yeah. Well, I don't expect him to know Eddie. I don't recognize him. My father would be disappointed. I don't know Eddie Kramer. <laughs> but I'm listening, so... <laughs> That's good. Thanks for starting Trouble, Trouble, Trouble. There you go. Go, go next. Go. If, you didn't, go. if you didn't know it, you were watching <laughs> Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro's Catch yeah. us on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page and Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page. Here's on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor. Yeah. Catch us on the Twitch TV Monty Nefaro page. And if you're lucky enough to live in New York, you can catch us on 115, channel 115 at 930 and 1130 on Saturday nights and channel 20 at 1 a.m. where there's over 100,000 viewers watching weekly this is true all right we'll be right back very excited for the pro wrestling superstar ec3 and he's also along with his partner adam Shear, i think uh, would be the controlling i don't know if we should call them owners of the new wrestling organization control your narrative control your narrative we'll be right back m&j video games and collectibles sport and non-sport cards wrestling items Autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, located at 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. And Nitro's Garage for all your automotive needs. Call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage. Ask for Jack. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com Pro Wrestle Broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. Welcoming EC... Can I call you EC3? You you may. All right. Well, thank you, sir. My partner. Where's your partner? 
Well, because he can't handle his beer, so he has to pee every two minutes. So here he is. He feeds Look, me there he is. and then he wonders why I got a tinkle. Uh, the, the old bladder, the old bladder problem. Oh, Hold on. Here, here lies the problem. I, we got a six-pack. Yeah. yeah. Right here. I figured cool your beer. partner there probably would like nice two beers. Right? Two beer memory. Cool memo. down memo. a little bit. But he the Pharaoh's got to overindulge and take three of the six. We go pack. to get a beer together. He doesn't. He doesn't I, give me the breakdown. He just buys a six pack. Then he yells at me afterwards because I I acted like an Irishman. I was what, whatever. You bought a six pack. Like, yeah, we should have bought a case. Yeah. yeah, we should have. Absolutely. Where you go? Where would you go? To be to be honest, I'm not a beer guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a fat beer? like a beer guy, but oh, yeah. I'm not a beer guy. I'm, I'm more of a like a red wine type of guy. So I do. Love a good Pinot Noir. How about Merlot? You like a Merlot? A Merlot? I would love a Merlot. A Merlot. <laughs> so That's one great. of our sponsors, very very proper, good fucking wines. We will be sending you a bottle for being on the show. And I promise you, as as this you is will Merlot. enjoy this wine. I will put that name to the test. This is a red table wine. That's but it's not bad. Good shit. So anyway, you at Sam Roberts say, how did that go? Wonderful. Sam's a, a good friend and a great uh, correspondent. Body of work stands the test of time. He's very uh, in tune with everything that's taking place in the world of wrestling, and we had a great conversation. So I look forward to seeing that play out. So good stuff. I mean, Sam Roberts is a guy that got into the that niche. I think right yeah. ahead of everybody else, and he actually made something of it. He made something of it, and he has you know humanity to him and personality, and he's enjoyable and. He's a good conversation. It could be about wrestling. It could be about life. You know, he sees depth, and I enjoy depth in a conversation. Good, like this. Well, we're real deep. Like we're gonna get deep. So uh, we are. I don't know how deep we're getting. How's everything going <laughs> with you personally? It. But considering <laughs> that you've done it, what's happening? You know, with the pandemic and the civil unrest in this country. Hey. What uh. is EC EC three feeling right now about the country that he's living in? I feel. You know, no matter what, America is the greatest country in the world, and we should be thankful and blessed of our freedoms each and every day. So every day I wake up to be in the wonderful land of the United States of America, despite any cultural differences and cultural divide, we know at the end of the day that if we are united, we are unstoppable as a nation. Are we united currently? I would say in some aspects, yes. In some aspects, it seems like we're not. But... The fact I saw politics on your banner when I walked in here, I almost fucking left. There you go. There you go. No way. And I'm in the bathroom on top of it. This is an outrage. You've been through for no reason. (laughs) You know, someday I'll be running for, you know, state senator. Really? Probably. I don't know. Probably not. No. Um, Will there be states? How how did the... Do you you feel like the pandemic derailed your profession or your career? I think it derailed a lot of people's Absolutely, and professions. Yeah. I mean, it was catastrophic to, you know, the economy and culture and life. It's almost about what you did coming out of it and what you made out of yourself through that time, you know, with the adversity and your back against the wall. I don't know, defines who you were. And so did it derail my career in one aspect? Yeah, I lost my job. Lost a job I wanted my whole life. And through that I found you know purpose in creating something new and something different and it took a lot of hard work to get here and it took a lot of you know drive a lot of bumps in the road but we are here in a moment we've created something it very well has the potential to succeed to a great level and go beyond what I ever imagined and so without the pandemic I would never have had that I'd have been complacent and happy collecting a paycheck and showing up every week and doing whatever they had for me. So, again, you, you, you reach the pinnacle, at least in the mind of a fan, because that's all we are, fans, right? We think it's a pinnacle. We're probably way off base. When uh, something like that happens to you, how do you keep, you, you know, how do you pull up your, 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 your pants and say, okay, got to move on? I mean, does it come a point where you, like, just want to lay in bed for, like, a couple of weeks because you're like, I just can't believe this shit's going on right now? I'm about... Uh, you know, I had this opportunity, and now it's just been stripped away from me. Since it was the second time, and since what I was going through in my life at the time, outside of wrestling, was so I don't know, transcendent, it w- was not the best time for me, that losing that job did not bother me. It did not upset me. The first time, it was vengeance and, you know, blood feud, and I will 
prove you wrong. Watch this. I'm going to go be a big star. You're going to call me back. And they did. And I did. But this time it was almost, I understand. This isn't working out. This isn't good for me. I'm not doing anything for you. This is okay. This is fine. Why didn't it work out? This bothers me. Your TNA career was fantastic. Couldn't yeah. they sit like you know? Drew McIntyre went away and proved his value on the Indies. I certainly felt you did. What what was the issue as to why I didn't see EC3 fighting in the main event card? Because you should have been. Yeah, That's just my opinion. Maybe I didn't fight enough for myself backstage. Maybe I didn't fight enough when coming up, being aggressive enough to pitch ideas or get quote over with you know the right people i don't blame anybody especially in wrestling all i see is complacency and complaining and when i came back to the wwe i promised myself i wouldn't be that guy but when it didn't go right immediately i became that guy and Mm. i just fell into a trap so granted the call-up was haphazard there was no real plans there was no real reason I wasn't anybody's guy, but that shouldn't have stopped me from becoming something and doing everything I possibly could to become it. And that even comes down to, yeah, you could do what you're told and you could be a good soldier, or you could be so strong in the belief of yourself that if you take the, take the reins, take the initiative, do not worry if you get fired, but try your best to be you and show them why they're wrong. If you get fired, it's okay, because you you did everything you could. And if it succeeds, you're exactly where you want to be. But regardless, if you just sit there and do nothing, you will get fired. So, I was the latter. Did you fight for yourself in TNA? Because it seemed like from day one in TNA, you were treated correctly, in my mind, as a fan on the card. Yeah, I had the, definitely, had the confidence more so to fight for myself, because I knew I was given an opportunity. And I was coming in as somebody that they wanted as opposed to I'm just somebody that's there so it was easier to have the confidence in yourself to fight for yourself while at the same time being respectful and learning from the veterans and things like that but it was definitely easier to because I was confident in the fact they would listen as opposed to maybe apprehensive they would say no or go away or fire you immediately I don't know there's probably like a mental block in that WWE system that doesn't allow you to go all the way because you want the job and you want the money but you fear the word no do you, do you kind of think when you went into the WWE look you're coming from TNA you're, you're a big time star you saw every week by 2 million people you're one of their top stars um, you go into the big time again not that TNA wasn't the big time but you go into the WWE do you think that you set yourself up and go you know what I don't want to get hurt if this becomes a bad experience, so I'm going to just go into this maybe the wrong way, like you, you like you explained. I was super optimistic walking in Should on day be. one, especially should have been working in with uh, Ambrose Moxley at the time, mm. and then when the week went by, and I noticed that because we went out of our way to feel an audience and kind of change the perception if I'm quote the good guy and he was the bad guy but the crowd loved him and they disliked me kind of switching it on a live event to the next day they can't really punish him for going against quote the script but they can punish me and then it was just kind of over from there like I don't know started off wrong and then but isn't that just favoritism though why are they letting Moxley or you know currently Moxley Ambrose slide but you get you get the whip because he announced he was leaving ah. prior to that and it was just okay. kind of they couldn't really do anything okay. about it you know. but at the same time I hate I hate this saying but it is what it is if it didn't happen like that none of this would be happening now who knows where I'd be as a person? Probably a lot worse off. So, as a person, I've ascended to a next level. I'm feeling good. Nice. Mm. Nice. We have renewed purpose, and creating something new could be what this industry needs. It's not creating competition as much as creating an alternative and another place for sure. people to work. If I can give back by giving people jobs and opportunity, that's worth more than 
I had a good run and, you know, main event of this show and maybe I won this title. Like, there's real meaning behind that at the end of the day. Hmm. Yeah. You want to get to these crazy questions? Well, no, crazy questions. Well, you want to stay with so I want, I'm I seeing want, crazy I, questions, I, I, so I'm not sure I'm if you get a little lighter before left. we get into some deeper stuff. I did some so weird shit here. Yesterday's show, we were okay. discussing... Uh, uh, here comes the weird shit. All we, right. We were discussing <laughs> childhood crushes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we would come yeah. up with... Who was EC3's childhood crush? Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. There sure. you go. Oh, there she was Bam. on the list. That's what I'm talking she about. She was on the list. Easy. Kelly Kapowski was one. Um, was Kelly Kapowski? Wonder I'm Years. Oh, uh, was Wendy, right? Okay. Okay. But I couldn't say out loud I had a crush on her because she had the same first name as my sister. Oh. Danica. Oh, uh, okay. So the actress's name was Danica. So that felt weird. Yeah. Um, Whatever was on Red Shoe Diaries, probably. <laughs> Red <laughs> Shoe Diaries? Uh, hold on. This <laughs> gets, gets a little deeper now. Ooh, and what? Look, we're, we're kind of bonded this before the get, show. This gets yeah. a little And weirder. let's talk in realities here. Weird. Who was your cartoon crush? Ah, here we go. And we all, listen, we all know we, said, we have cartoon We said Daphne crushes. from Scooby-Doo, personally. Daphne from Scooby-Doo is yeah. mine. Not, you know, he's not into Daphne over there. I don't know. Jessica yeah, Rabbit. Jessica, Jessica Rabbit was so hot. Who? Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Okay. That's April fair. from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Had it going on. <laughs> Had it going on. All right. All right, but Farrow, I asked Farrow a question. He really wouldn't commit. I'll ask you. Like, you don't have to commit. There's a lot of people watching, so I don't want to embarrass you. But what? did you ever knock one out to a cartoon crush? No. <laughs> Never, ever. No, this is... I really don't think so. How about Tiffany? Maybe. <laughs> I was trying to think of the age... It's only nature. I mean, probably not knowing what was going on at the time, because I was probably, you know, 10 to 12, so like... What do you mean? You like watching Zach dance with Tiffany and also before you know your hands are down your pants? (laughs) He didn't know what was going on. I mean, guys, what are we talking about here? Cranking it? (laughs) What are you doing? What are we talking about? I told you he was revolting. Craziness, dude. I, I warned you. It's craziness. Uh, I mean, um, unbelievable. It's a real thing. <laughs> it, it is. I, I, I think it is live. Humanity. He's acknowledging this. Yes, yes. I mean, okay. the, man is, the man is an owner of one of the most upcoming organizations, so I guess I better be a little more careful. Yeah, I mean, what are you talking Cartoon characters. Did you spank one out? at the same time, out? like, you know, this is just banter between people. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is what people talk about. Yeah. So that's embarrassing. Speaking of banter... When you decided to become a wrestler, if I can ask, what did your family uh, think about? There, you hear always the stories. Nobody believed in me. These, my parents didn't want me to do it. I had to go. My family was super supportive. Super supportive. They were. Okay. As long Good. as I was able to take care of myself and make ends meet, working and doing other things, pursue your dream, pursue your passion, they were beyond supportive. So what was it like, hey, Mom and Dad, um, I just think, so you're in high school. Did you end up going to college? I did. For no no reason, what a waste. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. but you go to, you go to mom and dad and you say, "Hey, I want to be a wrestler." Why did you want to become a wrestler? My dad actually remembers the time because we were watching a match. It was Raw. I had it taped. Something happened. I think it was Kurt Angle doing the moonsault off the cage. Okay, he does the moonsault off the cage, and I pause and I look at my dad and I go, "I want to be a wrestler." And he goes, okay. Cool. Wow. So, and I think he told me that. But telling them wasn't hard because I, like, kind of disappeared after school for a while because we started, like, right out of high school. And he knew I was up to something. Plus, he knew we were backyard wrestling. And then I kind of told him, they're like, yeah, we know. You're going to wrestling school. It's right there on, you know, Vine Street. And, like, we'll be at your first match. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, so... So very supportive parents. Very much so. Are they still with us? They are. Very How sweet. often do you get to see them? Four times a year. Okay. Sometimes. So. He's very methodical. Yeah. Very methodical. Yeah. I'm tired how, did, how did it feel? I mean, you're, you're basically saying the first time you decided you really wanted to be a wrestler, you're watching Kurt Angle. Dude, you beat Kurt Angle for the TNA World Championship. Did. What did that feel like? It felt pretty fucking surreal. I would think. Because I had... This is something I'm installing with Control Your Narrative with, you know, the young guys we have is like manifest your dream match. Like, tell me what it is. If it's realistic, why can't it happen? It could totally happen. Just speak it into existence. What is it? And through this tour we're going to launch, we can do a few of them. And that intrigues me because 
I had mine, you know, I had that match. And afterwards, the first people I hugged were my mom and my dad. Mm. You know, it's like a moment Man. I'll never forget. One of the few I'll never forget. Really Kurt, Angle, Kurt Angle is a person. What's that? Kurt Angle is a person. Can you tell me a little bit about him? What was it like working with the guy that basically gave you the idea I want to do this? Then you get yeah. to work with him and defeat him. How was he to you behind the scenes? Very much a mentor and very much appreciative of like the next wave and how I kind of like handled myself and my my business and I had to earn his respect as I should and did and you know putting together this match, listening to him, being smart enough when to chime in, smart enough when to allow him to talk about it having the match what was important was the next day because we just talked for like 20 minutes and the conversation we had was made my life and career because if you have the respect of your idol oh yeah you know oh yeah what 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 can somebody say to you that could hurt you if Mm. Ever. Or like, what can a bad rating of a match do to you? Nothing. You have the respect of the guy who you admire the most, who vouches and endorses you. You're untouchable, you know? Besides, the guy who does ratings is a moron, but that's just my personal opinion. As far as Alka-Seltzer goes, Alka-Meltzer, what do you got? So it's clear, credible build, still keeping yourself in great shape. Did you feel it was necessary? Well, first of all, I'm going to make an assumption here, and feel free to correct me. I'm assuming at some point in your life you used some PEDs to get the build that you have to a certain level. Did you feel it was necessary to do that to make it in the sport of pro wrestling? I think so. I think anything under a doctor's guise, if you were to prescribe something. There you go. It's medicine in one aspect. In the second, anybody who claims in this industry like isn't seeking some sort of edge to keep themselves in the game as long as possible so they can make money is not being truthful and honest with you but to do your business to compete at the highest level you have to train body mind soul be physically adaptive to anything to be able to live on the road to stay injury free because if you're injured you can't make money is it a necessity? Nothing's necessary. Sure. Mm. But at the same time, what keeps you in the game for as long as you can at a high level? Who's to say? Well, who's to say? Honestly, I you know, if you look at some of the athletes who have blown out their knees or torn ligaments, I've I mean, they're five, recover- I've had five knee surgeries. Oof. Yeah. I've had my biceps torn off, my pecs torn, you know, countless knocks in the head you know like this shit hurts and it catches up to you does it does it concern you at all though like look bodybuilding i'm sure you you were into watching bodybuilding too not at all i hate bodybuilding. really okay i did one bodybuilding show just so i can beat them because they're such fucking assholes (laughs) there we go they're demented narcissists and all they do is like they work out and they eat their meals and they pop themselves on instagram they fucking play video games and they'll smoke weed and they're such low life they play video games and smoke weed that's all these bodybuilders do wow they just pose interesting and i'm like i train and then I was training around bodybuilders. I'm like, these guys don't even train. They just take drugs. So I'm like, I'm going to beat them. But I just, and, you know, I did one. And I hated it. I'm covered in, like, fucking soot. This spray tan bullshit. <laughs> this is horse spray. And, like, fucking bagel <laughs> dust and, like, Cheetos all over me. <laughs> Cheetos? And, like, and, like, you're on stage and, like, you're all diuretic out, so... Swig of vodka and you're like, whoa! Oh my god! Then you're hammered and you're posing. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Good stuff. I beat a bunch of them because I don't know, I'm a psychopath and competitive. But <laughs> so I didn't really get in. I respect it, especially at a high level and seeing like what true conditioning and dedication is to some. But like a lot of them, yeah, it's bought and it's easy and it's just like you, you know. PDs in a bottle just watching them train upsets me because we as wrestlers train so much harder mm. and our the physical toil on us is so much harder right yeah so yeah yes and no no I got it. Well, speaking of physical uh, you know 
to me, you've always had the mic skills. You're obviously solid in the ring. Fuck Dave Meltzer. Does it confuse you how some of these smaller guys, like Adam Cole, or uh, let's say a guy who doesn't even take his hands out of his pockets, Orange Cassidy and AEW, does it confuse you when you see these guys getting, like, these pushes? No, because, I mean, they resonate with a vocal minority of fans. So what's over is over at the end of the day? or I guess. Is it over enough to attract, you know, the multi-million people audience, or are they kind of tuning out? Dave Meltzer said I was a bad worker. He gave me a five. Oh, no, when you mentioned before about star ratings, I just assumed you meant the the, the guy Meltzer, who everybody seems to, like, you know, hinge on everything he thinks. Anybody could say whatever they want about me. Kurt Angle fucking put me over. That's all that matters, really. At the end of the day. I wouldn't give give a shit either if Kurt Angle said that to you. But, like, when when you cater, cater to one group... This group's going to resonate with people that they can resonate with because, you know, they look like them or they feel like them or they have the same interests. Like, they're interested in video games and kind of lethargy that plays into, you know, superhero fantasy that's not realistic. Yeah, go with it. It's cool. It sells t-shirts. It Mm. sells, I mean, does it sell tickets? sells t-shirts. It gets the views on, you know, the socials. But is it growing the audience? And I think there needs to be... Wrestling is a balance. It's Baskin Robbins. There's so many different flavors, and I think you got to pull from every one of them. So they work hard. They're absolutely entitled to their spot. If they're given it, they deserve it. But we also need variety, antagonism, protagonism, different things. Because as a variety show, you know, you need variety. Bryant, one of the fans out there, said, how can they contact your organization for to get a tryout? We will be doing the initiative, so Control Your Narrative Initiative, and I'm going to announce what cities these will take place in, but I really wish I had the time to watch your matches or critique you or steal your moves, you know, read the resume, but the only way how I got signed is I showed initiative. I spent $1,000 flying myself to Florida to try out for WWE for like four, four times, and initiatives what's going to get you noticed so multiple cities on the tour will house initiatives it'll be you know our high level talent breaking you down physically a bit mentally a little bit seeing what you have what you offer who you are kind of regardless you're going to get an experience and learn a lot from it but that's going to be the only way i can manage bringing people in and a lot of these shows are going to be outsourced locally because you know we're a small business we're new expenses are high this, the initiative is about giving people opportunity because when I do independence and I see so much talent out there, how do they get noticed? How do they get to the next level? Hopefully with the platform we have Pro Wrestling TV, with Control Your Narrative, we can find the next five or six people that get into the conversation and become something. Whether it's with us and we have sweet jobs to give them or it's down the road, they've you know, get picked up by an AEW, an Impact, WWE, something of that. Being able to make opportunity for people is what really intrigues me because it's very hard for me to get. Now, you guys just got a TV deal, right? I think I Yeah, we're on Pro Wrestling TV. It's a new network. It's streaming. Our show will be based on what we film live on this tour. We have about eight to ten episodes in the can, so we're toying with how we're going to make it a weekly show with, you know, Full-length matches, highlights, vignettes, interviews, production, but how to make it unique and different still. Going city to city, using local production, having them upload to our production team back in Florida, having them churn it out so it's available the next week, and, like, you know, a lot of moving parts that I'm trying to put together, and it's chaos, but Pro Wrestling TV is downloadable. All apps. What's the iStore? What's it called? App Store, mm-hmm. Google Play, Roku, every streaming now, thing you can find. Now, are you writing all the programming too? Are you booking all the matches? Are you writing I will vignettes? Have, you know, like I won't write vignettes, but I'll put people in position to be their best selves. I don't think writing for them that would defeat the purpose. Booking, in a sense, yeah, I guess I am pretty responsible for that. Oh, look at that. Crazy trusted team, you know, but I think I have a good formula down. Plus, I have a lot of help. So, in theory, I, I guess I have the pencil. 
I control the narrative now. Well, speaking of the pencil, um, Vince McMahon obviously has been under a ton of scrutiny lately with you know, what's I'm been so going. tuned out. I don't know what's going on on TV. Oh, really? I don't know what's going on online. It took me three days to hear about whatever this was at first, and then I guess there's there's more to it. But go ahead, yeah. Well, so, you've been in the industry, right? Yeah. Is it just natural? Look. Put Vince aside. Is it natural for a female wrestler, or because you're like this kind of tight knit family? Um, does it come a point where you just become attracted to each other, as far as and you start building these relationships, even if they become romantic? And I've always personally steered away from that because I like life outside the industry, and I don't want to be surrounded by it at home or with you know relationships and love and that thing. I guess when you spend a lot of time with people and around people, you develop relationships and attractions and your energies coincide and they bloom. But as far as, yeah, I mean, it's all different. It all varies, right? Mm. Love finds a way. Isn't that uh, what Jeff Goldblum said, except it's about life? Life I'm finds a way? Pulling the Jeff Glob- Goldblum card. Pulling the Goldblum card. I'll <laughs> I throw mean, you off. You I mean, I mean, well, apparently there's a lot of love in Vince McMahon's libido. But anyway, okay. Hey, good for him. Yeah. That's so basically what we think, but, you know. Okay. So then let me Does ask you. Does that shock people? No, <laughs> not at all, like, quite honestly. Like, oh, I can't believe He's it. He's a genetic jackhammer. Isn't that what he said? Apparently, I mean, you know. <laughs> so the best characters are true to life. Well, let's, let's go back to the other side. You were in TNA for quite a while. Again, we know nothing. We only see what's online, so it could be true or not true. But Probably not true. When, when, but okay, but when you, were Dick, when you were with Dixie Carter, was it true that Dixie like loved the boys and wanted to build relationships in that way with the boys? Did she or get, was did that she get around or was she you know, to herself? Not I mean. when I was there. She's my sweet aunt. Uh-oh, we are talking about his family. We should be southern, careful. She's no, this this is the nephew. Time. What are we talking here? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Was she well behaved? Though I mean, you know, you want to read the internet, and ask questions. I'll, I'll church it up for well, you. She's I'm got. Sorry the, the, I mean, I'm sorry. The truth. I mean, we have you, you here. Hear. We have you here. She's got quite the rep as far as the, all the bullshit that's said online. Did she? I don't understand a, why. Like the internet was so cruel and rude to her, and right. all she ever wanted to do was give people a good wrestling show. And maybe she, you know, got taken advantage of by con men in this industry taking okay. her for her money and things okay. like that. But like, why was it so vicious? So it's overblown. And hateful for her. I don't get it. So that's it's overblown. Not me, it's her nephew saying it. That's me as somebody who these people. These are the same people who claim all this virtue and just things mm. are so fucking. They're monsters to her sometimes. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. You know? Agreed. So, so it's overblown then. It's fair to say that her internet reputation it's is fair bullshit. i her fucking nephew. There you I, go. There you I go. Have, I don't have any uncles I uh, you know, <laughs> fought yet. <laughs> with that, we take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with the great EC3. Not too quick, Abe. Run a few. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Later. That's hilarious. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. Jimmy, I got to take a dump. What? No, I mean, I need a dumpster. (sighs) Well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Elm Logistics, for all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics, Pride Performance and partnerships. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nafaro, where my partner still can't seem to be able to hold his piss. EC3, thank you again for being on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. So, obviously, you made, I'm sure you made a good amount of money wrestling and stuff. Was it a, a stretch? To start this organization, were you worried about Everything's it? Because I'm sure there had to be some kind time, of fina- financial investment, right? Like, commercial. I made enough to take care of myself, 
to be unable to take a paycheck for a little bit, but by no means am I filthy rich and wealthy or are the truth add to any rumor of we have these crazy sponsors, which we don't. So, you know, it's bold, it's risky, but it definitely could pay off. So you don't know unless you try. Would you, if you could look back and do it all over again, would you still want to be a pro wrestler or would you went a different route? Ooh. Ooh. Not that I don't love what we do or what it, you know, what it gave me. And I love the idea of what it can become. So many other things do intrigue me that even even visiting them as options, though, who I am and who I became and what I went through to get here to this moment in life, I don't know what I can trade that would make me happier being who I am. So I don't know. Probably not. Even though there's so much other things to be able to do and like, shit, I could be a fitness influencer on Instagram and make seven figures doing fucking horse shit or TikTok asshole. Make it, like, you could be doing all these things. And I definitely sacrifice myself personally for building what we're building. That's what's going to make it great. So, no, I don't. Good question, though. Good. What's the fee been back amongst other wrestlers in the business as to what you're doing? Are you finding a I lot mean, of vast, support? Or? Yeah, vast majority. I don't know, because I have a sterling reputation of admiration and respect and cordiality and professionalism with the vast majority of people I've ever worked with. I really don't have any, quote, haters. Um, very intrigued. They like what they've seen. They like the idea of being able... You know, to not be constrained creatively or written for or handled in such ways. And they are very aware, you know, well aware of the middlemen that kind of ruin wrestling and the in-betweens and all the, you know, the lapses with communication from... Because I've been a talent. I've been on... I've been through it all. Just the lapses of communication to talent. You know, there's a lot of support. There's a lot of eyes on this for it to hopefully succeed. But at the same time... Would they be willing to give up that guarantee to take a risk with this? And that's really the testament to your belief. And I, it would be very hard for me. It was very hard for me to turn down guarantees to do this. But here we are. So, Just to further understand about what happened with WWE, was there any particular uh, albatross in your way or was it the system in your way when you came back i mean look after seeing your tna run four times as 24 7 champion is not exactly what i felt you deserved any albatross is put on you by yourself i would say if i had one villain in my way it was the fact that at nxt takeover Hmm. i was concussed very badly when i got cleared from that concussion i was immediately concussed again by getting kneed in the head. While I was suffering that concussion, I was called up to the main roster, so I wasn't quite ready, maybe mentally, but I was able to pass the test, so, well, this is my opportunity. I have to go through it. Uh, Working, getting thrown into that mix, and maybe mentally you're not in the right place, and, you know, you it doesn't go well it's very easy to get into a bad place and then i was concussed again because i was on the road and i was working somebody who's very you know lax and dangerous and he punched me in the head for the third time and i tried to work through it which is a mistake and then eventually you know found out i was concussed and when I was finally cleared from the concussion, there was a pandemic, and I was fired. So I respectfully ask, who was, if you don't I mind, mention, who was lax and, and dangerous? It's for the book. It's for the book. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, your relationship with Vince, if I can ask real fast. I mean, it wasn't one really. Talked to him a couple times. Uh, I would say the man I wanted him to be and expected him to be, the leader that I heard he was from the past, I did not see. I saw more of a, you know, shell of that. Sort of a 
feeble, you know, old man as opposed mm. to the the, uh, the leader that you'd want to run through a wall for. So you kind of have this envisionment of everything you heard. You finally get there, and you're like, here I am. Yeah. This is it. And it's wow, kind of uh-oh. Like, yeah, just an indifferent is this, guy. Is this the 2006, you know, after you returned? Or, or did you have any, uh, you know, crossings with Vince when you were in the early days with FCW into NXT early days because you were there. Some handshakes and things like that, but that was, no, that interaction was... Significant change between the first time you saw Vince and then when you returned after TNA as far as Vince goes? Significant change in him? Maybe more human on the first run. More human on the first one. Maybe more like reaching out and saying hi to people and not sheltered inside. Okay. I had barely a relationship with him. How about Triple H? Was Triple H the leader that you thought that could be... In NXT, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very much so. Okay. And how was your relationship with him? It was good. Yeah. Yeah. So when they let you go, is there just a letter sent to you, or do you get... Yeah, you get a phone call. And who calls you? Uh, Depends. Whoever's... Whoever's under, whoever's the head of talent relations at that time. Yeah. Did you feel it coming, or... Oh, yeah. We're like, we're in a pandemic. Shit's blowing up. I do nothing. I have a concussion. For sure. It's just not, a matter when. Not that you're grateful for the pandemic, obviously, but you seem to be grateful for the outcome it, 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 it brought about. Is that fair? It made me who I was. There you go. Who I am. There you go. It, you can... Whatever happens to you in life, you can... The only thing you can do is... How does it affect you? You can take it for what it is. You can complain about it. You can yell about it. Like I'm telling Tom today, we're driving up here. He's like, oh, traffic this. I'm like, you can't do anything, man. It's okay. It's just how you react to it. Easily could have complained about it. I didn't get a push. No one else to hear that shit. Shut up. Fuck (laughs) off. You get up. Do work. Shut your fucking mouth. Enough with this no push bullshit. These fucking people with their, like, just crying about it online and like the fake people trying to act like they're going to ask for the release and they're like you guys know the deal I'm really good shut up shut up fucking do something stop sitting there doing nothing you expect the same you expect different but you do the same thing you show up and you look the same way and you act the same way and you hide in the locker room the same way and you play on your phone the same way you can't ever fucking get past that you're never going to get what you want take a chance it's, I swear, that's my only regret is I didn't take a chance in mm. myself enough that this might get me fired or this might give me exactly what I want. I'd right. rather find out than just right. silently get fired right. in a month anyways. So how do you feel like when someone like Sasha Banks... I don't know anything about what was I'm going just, on with I got it, but you know, here's someone that's been led to the high mountain Doing quite making well. tons of money and Doing just quite decides well. to walk out. You think... Yeah, you think I mean, kudos, I guess. That's a great feeling to have to be able to, like, I can leave this at any time. And they don't like that either because then mm. they lose power and control over you. Sure. So mm. if she can, if she believes in herself that much and she was, I don't know the scenario, I really don't. But kudos to her if her self-belief brought her to the point where I can lose this all and that's okay. Cool. Good. Guess what? Somebody else will get an opportunity too. And then guess what? You'll mend the fence, you can come back, you can work with them, and you can make more money. So what about loyalty, though? Loyalty how? Loyalty like, you know, I, look, TNA helped build your career, right? Clearly you have some loyalty to Dixie where I'm in that conversation. She helped you along with your career as the owner of that company, mm-hmm. right? Do you just walk away from somebody who has allowed you to make... Would they fire make... you in a heartbeat if it was a pandemic and you were underperforming and you were concussed? They would, they would fire you. It's, it's business, was it Was it easy for you to leave TNA? I mean, after all, no, EC3 it, was, you know. It wasn't, but it was uh, It was time because we've done what we've done. We've gotten to where we've gotten. And then I felt if I didn't challenge myself this way or if I stuck around as the management changed, and they were great. They were great to me. They were awesome. But some someone else can make a name for themselves then if this doesn't work, I can come back and work with them. But I can also try this and see what happens. And it's just mutual, like, I'm saving you money. And you're, you know, you're tight for money at this point until you figure your business out. It was win-win. 
for us both. We both had to take the chance. So it wasn't disloyalty. We it was very mutual and very respectful, and I hmm. have nothing bad to say about them. I respect the shit out of them, especially Scott. Hmm. Well, on paper, obviously, you're defeating Kurt Angle would probably be the greatest moment of uh, you know EC3's career, in my opinion. But is that your favorite match? Do you have a favorite match? If that's not it, it's with Rockstar Spud and Wembley, in the first blood, or the Harris Hair match. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't turn out too well for us. <laughs> yes. No, but that was us putting our hearts and our souls into an angle and telling a story and building it up and kind of being, that's what started why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's because we took initiative to create it and craft it. And the creative was very on par with what we wanted, but like they let us tell that story all the way through. To the conclusion. You think Spud's a little underappreciated because I, I kind of, I kind of feel he is. He's one. He's wrestling's. He's, he's a great. Genius. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's killer in the ring. He's absolutely unbelievable. He's great on the mic too. Excellent. Just can draw motion. He's. You seem like you had a. This has been a pleasurable ride to you, though. You seem like you know you understand the business, and it's been pretty enjoyable to a certain point. To an extent, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of hardships and tough things. And I don't know, along the way, you lose your humanity and people. Mm. Mm. Things like that. It wasn't easy. They've been injured so many times. So many, quote, opportunities kind of pulled, whether it was injury or whether they just never came or promised one thing and lied to my... You know, handshakes, evil smile right to my face while you're stabbing me in the back. Like, mm. oh, shit. But it's pleasurable. It's what you make of it and what you can make of it. And nothing will ever be perfect, but, you know. Phil is saying out there, you don't seem like the guy that would politic in the back. You have to, though. Did you do enough of it? No. Okay. But then there's a difference between politic and, you know, being, you know. A prick? Yeah. Politicking is one thing. I mean. He saw me actually politicking some things today. I just don't believe in this. I don't think I can do it. But again, I could also just be a good soldier and go out and do it. The same time, why is there no loyalty? No, because you know what? If you're a good soldier, you're the first one to get shot. Like, so, politicking in a way that it's fighting for what you believe in and, you know, in a respectful manner. There's ways to do it. There's ways to be passionate, and I guess politicking is just a negative connotation of... It has that, yeah, like... At his expense, I'm going to get this. If that's what you call politicking, no. But here's how I think this can work, where he gets this and I get this out of it, and then we go this way. Then, yeah, I, I like politicking. All right. I'm going to name a few guys... And you tell me your feeling on them. Abe, get ready to slam out those picks. Let's uh, start with uh, Bully Ray, Bubba Ray. I love Bubba Ray. We just did Busted Open. He's definitely behind the project. We manifested a dream scenario for him at the Starland Ballroom. I think that's November 6th. And that would probably be him putting Enzo through a flaming table. So fingers crossed we can do Enzo? That. Yeah, he's like... Manifest dreams. I'm like, yeah, I want to put Enzo through a flaming table. Like, aren't right. you? Aren't you afraid he's gonna? Let's do it. Aren't you afraid he's gonna <laughs> kill him? Enzo's like, you know, danger prone. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Next, let's go with uh, Dean Ambrose, aka obviously nowadays John Moxley. I love John. John was a, a friend from the developmental days. Hell of a worker. Hell of a hand. Crazy extrovert. Or introvert, kind of like me, but at the same time, total extrovert. Like, I hope the best for him, and I hope him and Renee, children, happy. You're proud of what he's done? The way he basically has blazed his own? He's controlling yeah, his narrative. So, very much so. I think he's a... Even texted when this whole thing started. He's like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, man. It's super cool. Did he Thanks. give you a little inspiration, possibly? Some of these guys who've been saying, you know what, I'll go find my, my pastures greener elsewhere? Yeah, I would definitely say he did. Okay. He, I mean, especially considering where he was on the card and how easy it is to just, I can wear this stupid mask and do this dumb vignette and make a bunch of money, or I could take a chance on myself and mm. just be happy. And fuck, my money doesn't mean happiness, guys. Surely doesn't hurt. 
Of course. Of course. <laughs> Again, wrestling is in a, a high art in a lot of ways, right? right. Uh, so is it because you're this artist? Like, I, to me personally, I'm like, shit, man, if you're going to pay me all this money, you want me to do whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. But I see more and more speaking with guys like you. It's like, you want to, you want your art. Why, why do you feel that is the way you guys think? I like, I'm trying to under, like, what, what the art them? becomes more important than the money, or is it that right. you get all okay. the money first and then you have the the availability to make the art? Maybe then maybe I could turn this art into a shit ton of money. But right, right. I think when you have a passion for something, and most of the guys you probably talked to are guys that came up following a dream, as opposed to people that you know got into the system from another means. And not to say they don't have passion, but their passion wasn't ingrained at such a young age where it stuck with them for the entirety of their life where they had to follow it or their life would have been a failure. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So when you you have that, you know, it becomes important. So you're trying to say maybe like, so we have some of the older guys in like a Tommy Rich or that type of thing. They got into the industry uh and then you know we'll probably more about the money where you were more in love with the whole idea of being a wrestler and being able to perform and do certain things is that is that what you're trying to say yeah i think the storytelling is what attracted me the physicality and you know the larger than life personas granted having money and being able to take care of a family off of it is a quite a caveat and definitely an inspiration but I don't think it was, I was driven to be rich via wrestling. If I wanted to be rich, I would have thrown a baseball faster. You know? Oh, right. There we go. What do, there's a big dividing line, especially on the internet with the wrestling fans. Do you, what do you think is more important? Because it seems like, you know, the anti-Vince McMahon uh, people, they're all wrestling, 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 wrestling. However, I, your it factor and your entertainment factor are, to me, what sealed your deal. So yeah. what, is, what is more important in your mind, uh, the wrestling itself or the entertainment? What draws the most attention and the most people into the building and brings about the best course of business and what tells the best story? Hmm. The best story is what matters. And sometimes in the pursuit of high caliber wrestling in a way you lose the what's that? you lose the storytelling aspect and the you know the personalities and why they're there and why they're fighting for what they're there for and as long as that wrestling between you know people with it factor and things of that nature that can carry the story as realistic and physical and you know has context like I love physical realistic wrestling over wrestling that's you know play fighting and you know dancing mm. and mm. shit like that is that good wrestling but then again people are allowed to like what they like mm. true and you got to give them a for bit sure. of everything for sure so right. as far as a divide i don't know why we're divided i don't know why we can't say well i really like a great story told you know with two epic characters that confront like fucking wrestlemania 17 my favorite match is rock austin nice. type one Alpha male versus type one alpha male, two guys legitimately competing for the top spot, sure. but working together. And what did they did? Six moves, probably. Mm-hmm. But you watch them punch each other, and the way they moved in the ring and the back and forth. Until you're in a ring, you don't realize the art and beauty of like making something look real, as opposed to being able to do something. So yeah, you can flip and land on your feet, and that's cool, but it doesn't look realistic. Right. Austin swinging a back elbow. Like, dude, he just took his hat off. I don't know. That's what intrigues me the most. But you're allowed to like what you like. So then, so that what you're saying, you're saying right now, hey, look, you have this availability to make something look believable. It's this great art. So then, it does have to affect you at some point if someone says, "Oh shit," and I'm not saying anyone said anything, but oh, your your matches are the shits. Yeah, I mean, no, nothing affects me. Nobody, could, nobody on this planet could say anything about me to me. That is worse than things I've said to myself, you know. Mm. So, and you've had Kurt Angle approve of you, so I really yeah. wouldn't give a at shit. At the same time, like, <laughs> after that, I wouldn't right, give well, a shit what anybody stingers out there I suck. says. Okay, but you still paid forty bucks for an autograph. So there you go. There, there you go. go. Thanks. There you oh, there go. go. Yeah. Stingers out there says Kevin Nash always said, "If you're not in it for the money, then you're the biggest mark." What do you think of that? I don't disagree. Mm. Kevin made a hell of like. 
Kevin's super smart. Genius. Man too. Genius. Let's say the quote again, if you're not in it for the money. He says, if you're not in it for the money, then you are the biggest mark. I'm in it for the money. Don't get me wrong. But it's not the most motivating thing. Gotcha. So that's so what if you're telling me you're going to make a million dollars this year and you're going to be fucking miserable or you're going to make $850,000 this year, but you've created something that's employed seven people and you've done all this work and it's going to build and you invested equity in this so it's actually going to come up and you're going to make more money down the road. I'll take the E50. Gotcha. I know. So Kevin's not wrong. Well, we're out of time. I want to thank you again. Uh, you are quite the intelligent man. We're going to hit you with something called the Pharaoh's final question. Pharaoh's final question. Pharaoh's final question. It could be off script. Whatever he's got to say, I don't know what he's going to ask. How often he goes to the bathroom? Not as much as me. That could. Well, that's clear. That's for anyway, sure. Go ahead. All right. What would you have changed? Being a huge fan of EC3, obviously, I've already said this, but. What would you have changed possibly when you got to WWE I after fucking Vince's door down and said, "Listen here, motherfucker, you ain't got nobody who talks like me. You have nobody who looks like me. No, this fucking place sucks. Your show sucks. This like, writing's garbage. What are we doing? Listen, you want to fucking make money? Put the fucking ball in my hand. We'll make money. You don't want to? Fucking fire me. I don't care. I don't need this shit. I don't want to live like this anymore. Fuck you. Bye. Stuff like that. Wow. So currently, EC3 would have been able to do this today. Today, 100%. Damn. Back then, no. Timing is everything. I was, I was a coward. What can I say? I was just like, well, I don't want to lose my job. It's pretty good. You know, I make a good Right. Well, you know what? Damn. I mean, that's, it's not a coward. It's, it's not. He's smart. You want your job. He's smart. Yeah. He's protecting his, I mean, his finances. When you got that call and they smart. let you go, was there any part of, part of you that said, hey, I'm going to call Triple H and say, what are you doing here? Are you making this mistake or anything? Not or? one bit. I was like, time has passed. Did you just feel helpless like a cog in the system? There's no point? At the point prior, yes. When I got the call, I felt like a giant weight was off my shoulder, which is not the same as the first time I got fired. Real quick before we get you out of here, what we, what is your thoughts? Because I hear sometimes the comparisons, and I always felt that he's the light version. If we're going to talk beer and going to the bathroom, he's the light version, the Miz. What about him? I sometimes hear the comparison of uh, between you and the Miz. Him and I, I don't know. I'm way more jacked. I'm way more shredded. I'm way more ripped. Yeah. He's way more. He made way more money in wrestling. Yeah, but he's the Miz light. I mean, to me, compared to you. I mean, just, just you know, have he, you have you heard these things before? Because I have seen I them. I guess to extent, but like I think it's very easy for, you know, simple-minded wrestling fans to combine people that have similar personalities but are kind of completely different. Right. It's the same thing when people compare compare. Uh, me to MJF or MJF to me or Miz right. to MJF. I've heard that too. We're totally different guys. Yeah. Mm. We're totally different things. And like, you know, sometimes you see three MJF stole your thing. No, he didn't. He took something that's unoriginal. He's making his own. He's doing great with it. And same thing with Miz. Uh, Mike worked his ass off. He went through shit. For sure. Through the hard times For in the sure. locker room. Getting fucking berated and beaten by these, you know, back then when that shit would happen. He paid dues. He suffered. He came out the other end, shined up. He's had an like, amazing career, for sure. Yeah. And, like, his promos could have depth when they're allowed to. Mm hmm Very intelligent, I would say. So, in that similar sense, yeah. Like, they're, they're like. Is there anyone you didn't like in professional wrestling? Oh, yeah. Is that is that for the book? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Son How of did a I bitch. know? Trouble, trouble, Less trouble. Adam, Adam, <laughs> how did you build this relationship with Adam Shear? I think because I always respected the opinions of somebody that got pushed into wrestling, like got pushed quickly, but they see the business a different way because I think when you come up within wrestling and you're corrupted by the internet or you know the indie wrestling bubble and you have all these mindsets... You don't see what a casual person sees. So kind of talking to him about that, and, you know, he's just a guy that likes cold beer and hanging out, and he was cool. And then we became friends and, and brothers, really. So he just likes to hang out way more than I do. I am very much just want to hide from people. So, But he does have a similar vision of, like, wrestling. Control your narrative and wrestling is a vessel for something bigger. And that's like a, you know, a movement for self-actualization. And he had some hard times even being on top of the world money-wise 
within wrestling, being able to lose yourself in that and, you know, be in a dark place and be sad and be yeah, mad. Yeah, he, he had some mental problems, if I remember reading, right? He had I some mean, issues. I would, mental problems. Men, uh, wrong like, thing to say. Yeah. He de- bouts with depression. Yeah. There you go. Right? Sure, and he's very, you, you know, into the mental health aspects, as we all should, and shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. And that's kind of how our whole movement started. And it's, you know, wrestling is the vessel of it. But, you know, a genuine care for people. But it started as simple as, like, hey, you like wrestling, but you didn't love it. What did you like about it? All, you know, this and, like, yeah, like, that's what I like about it, too. But now we're worried about this and this. I know it's not. Just kind of getting someone else's opinion instead of being surrounded by the same constant complacent negative thought and group think and why am I not getting pushed and why this and why why is he in but well he's 6'9 he's huge and people go crazy when he goes out and you know you sure you can do a, a fucking moonsault but nobody gives a shit mm. yeah so stop complaining or do something different or be me and just be miserable and <laughs> complain too even though you promised yourself you wouldn't <laughs> and I did I did so. Well, I got to tell you, you know, very intelligent man. Your parents should be very proud, Thanks. and you should be very proud of yourself, and we wish you the best sure. of luck. We'll be supporting you Why for sure. Obliged? I thought you were going to lead me down a rat trap of some political horseshit. I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> 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 you think of Sleepy Joe? He's the 46th president of the United States. That's what I would have said. There you go. Because well, he is. He's, he's the president of the United States. Is he aware that he's the 46th president? Probably All right, not. we're done here. <laughs> All right, with that, you've been watching Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast. We'll see you next Thursday and next Friday yes, where we have Tommy Rich and Rugged wow, Ronnie Garvin oh, in sweet. studio. Very good. All right, this has been Mike Monty. This is the Pharaoh. And until next week, thank you for coming in to uh, check us out once and again. Thank you, EC3, thank you sir. Thank you very much. Later. Oh, my God, 720.